Hope and pray you all have had a good week. Now it is always a great blessing and a great opportunity to study the scripture every week to take time to pour over it and just learn and we can all endeavor to this end throughout our walk as Paul states to Timothy to do your best to present yourselves to God as approved as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth so I like that right because it's not not about being better than the person in the pew next to you but it's called to do our best to study unto God as a worker approved by him seeking to know the what and the why of the Bible to have a biblical worldview and as uh, Pastor Mike Winger actually stated this in uh, our last study in the the book of Romans um, he says the what and the why keep us from error I like that I was like that's that's a good that's a good you know to know as Alicia just read to know the hope the reason for the hope within you the what and the why gives us opportunity to not only keep us from error but to give an answer to those around us to tell the story we seek to rightly handle the truth the apostle John records this in his gospel so Jesus said to the Jews who believed him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free that's an amazing verse two verses actually if we abide here in the scripture if we receive the lord as those jews in those in the day of christ believed upon him and then we abide here this is where discipleship starts and stays right we don't graduate from our daily reading of scripture sorry right you know we get to continue to study its context to study its content for here we know the truth and the truth will set us free we become people who love the truth and who know the truth as john writes in first in second john 2 1 we seek to be like these people described in the book of acts in acts it talks about the brothers immediately sent paul and silas away by night right they were about to get all beat up and so they sent them to berea and when they had arrived they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. You know, when we hear teaching from every corner of the world, from social media to sitcoms to speakers at the grocery store, right? They're informing us of different things there are loads of messages out there so we are called to examine them in the light of scripture because there is great profit in it that we 
we don't mind things that are profitable in this life, right? Trips to town to get groceries, trips to doctors to get medicine, trips to family to hopefully get us happy, right? Not, oh, you haven't done this, right? <laughs> but, but a trip to sit down in the scriptures and get this, right? As Paul tells Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped in every good work. Well, today we get to end our study in Psalm 145. And it has been beautiful to see the goodness of God and to see His wonders. Now let's uh, open in a word of prayer before we open in the Scriptures. Father God, we, we thank you so much for your wonder, your greatness. And as we sang Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm 46, we think of the wonders that we see throughout the Bible. The parting of the Red Sea. The battles of Joshua taking the land of Israel. Think of those in the fiery furnace. We're just thankful that you are with us, Lord. And that those in Christ, we can know that we are held in your hand no matter what we are going through. And we just thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity to study the scripture, to know you more. Be with us in this time. Help us rid our minds of all the distractions and the worries of what has happened and what is happening and what's to come. Lord, that we would fix upon you to be encouraged and equipped, challenged, cut through by your word. And Lord, that we would go forward to aim to please you throughout all our days. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, please uh, turn your Bibles with me to Psalm 145. <coughs> and we'll uh, read the whole passage that we're in to get the, the context of the whole. At verses 14 through 21 is our last section. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and kind in all of his works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. His faithfulness, sorry, He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name 
forever and ever. Amen. That's not there in the text, but amen, right? This is the crescendo of God is great, right? It's the main message of Psalm 145. David proclaims who God is, that he alone is creator, that he has formed and framed all of creation, that he sustains all of creation, that he is the God who interacts with his creation. And this was really cool because I'm like, hey, we get to talk about philosophy for a minute in church today, right? You know, I, I like, you know, let's talk about worldviews and philosophies. It's good. It's good because we all have worldviews and philosophies, right? But this is a philosophy that's actually called classical theism, where there is a God. He creates, he sustains, and he interacts with his creation. How cool is that, right? It's right there in Scripture. We see this in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? Starts off with a bang. <laughs> it states that God is the creator. In the book of Hebrews, it talks about his sustaining, sustainability of all of creation. The author of Hebrews states this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Right? Jesus is the final word from God. Don't look for another one. He is the final word. Jesus, whom he appointed, right? God appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. And he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making the purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. How amazing is that? And then we also see this explained in the book of Exodus that he is a God, as we saw in that passage as well, he's a God that interacts with all of creation. But before the call of Moses, we read this in Exodus 2. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. And their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. The covenant that we talked about this morning in Sunday school. God saw the people of Israel. And God knew. I love this, you know, every time you talk about God remembering something, it's not that he forgot it, you know, like it's in a closet somewhere, like, where is that book? Where is, you know, those people that I've made that promise to? No, it means he's going to take action, right? It even says in the ark story with Noah that God remembered. He didn't forget Noah. He knew exactly where Noah was, but he took action upon his covenant, upon his promise. He's taking action upon the unconditional covenant between him and Abraham, found in Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and other parts of Genesis. David states this in verses 14 through 17. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them food in their food in due season. You open up your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. 
The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and kind in all of his works. Now this points to the truth in Scripture that should leave us all ready to hear and understand that God opposes the proud, right? But gives grace to the humble. How amazing that is. That God is against the proud, but he raises up those who are bowed down. I, I love that verse. I love that. Our response, as we talked about last week, our, our response to the Lord Almighty matters. For if we choose to stand in our pride, we will be opposed by the living one, the eternal one. But if we are humble, right? And that's not, you know, thinking about yourself too much or thinking about yourself too little, but knowing your place. That's it, right? We can read Psalm 8 and see a clear definition of humility. Just knowing your place. And then we receive grace. You know, this can happen as an unbeliever and as a believer. If outside of Christ we hear, turn and repent from your sins and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, we can either heed that message or reject it, right? No, I don't, I don't need nothing. I'm good, right? And the same thing with the truths that we find in Scripture today we as believers can heed them or not. You know, eh, you know I think I got this figured, God. Oh, see how that goes. <laughs> Going down the road. No, oh, wrong way. Help me, Lord. <laughs> I'll be singing Carrie Underwood, right? Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> uh, I, I messed up again. You shouldn't have took it in the first place. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, we can, as believers, believe his word or not, uh, be doers of the word or not. That is why we are told, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The Lord knows our hearts and minds, and we will reap what we sow in this life and in the next. The psalmist states it like this in Psalm 37, The arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. And in the same psalm, a few verses later, the author states this, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. You know, we think about two biblical characters, two people, two biblical people uh, revealed in Scripture and, and shown for who they are. I thought of King Saul and King David right away when I thought of those, when I found those verses in my study. One king was controlled by his fear, and his crown was taken. He fell headlong into destruction. Saul actually doesn't, if you go and read it, he doesn't repent until Samuel takes the kingdom away. He says, your, your kingdom is gone. And then he says, oh, you know, I messed up. Where David fell, he sinned, and yet Nathan was sent to him, and he repented. I think that's the amazing thing of the Bible. It shows humanity for what it is, right? 
Do we all mess up? We all conceive sin. We all have made wrong choices. But the question is, what do we do with it? Do we hide it? Do we lie like King Saul? Or do we repent like David? Now, King Saul's sin and covering it up is found in 1 Samuel 15. And David's sin and covering it up is found in 2 Samuel 11, uh, 12 through 15. Or sorry, Samuel, 2 Samuel 11 through 12. But the difference we see, and I, I totally encourage you to read those later as you have time uh, this week, because they're, they're great. The difference we see is that David confesses, I have sinned against the Lord. Where Saul states at first he had obeyed the Lord. You know? It's, it's just like, Really? And then he blamed the people. Once he was found out, it's like a kid in a cookie jar. Well, it was my brother. Uh, really? <laughs> it's like, it was his idea. Why are you doing it too? Well, you know, it happens, right? He blamed the people for the disobedience that was happen, happening. The question comes from that scripture is, who do we fear? Do we fear people? Do we fear the world and what they can do to us? Or do we fear him, right? David's... David knew he had sinned against God with Bathsheba and Uriah. He knew it, and he confessed it. And Psalm 50, right? Psalm 51 is, is his confession. That we would fear him, that our eyes would be upon the Lord, that we would look to him, for he is the one that gives us food in our due season. If God is the creator and sustainer of all of this creation, then this is true. And we should have our eyes upon the giver of the gifts, not just because of the gifts, but because of who he is. James says it like this, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. You know, all the food and drink that we enjoy the air we breathe, the family we have, the sun we enjoy, or even the snow, right, comes from Him. The life we have is a good gift from God. David goes on and states this in verses 16 and 17. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all of His ways and kind in all of His works. God's goodness is provably there. It is seen. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. <coughs> and we'll be in uh, verses 44 through 48. Right at the end of the chapter. Jesus says this, But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those that persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends the rain on the just and the, on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? 
Jesus has always got some hard questions, right? It's like, yay, right to the heart. And do, and if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we see that God is good for he sends sun to rise upon all. He sends rain to fall upon the just and the unjust. So we learn from our heavenly Father who brings physical satisfaction to all that we are to love our enemies just like the perfect one in heaven does. And we also see that he sends grace out to all people, that all have an opportunity because God for so loved the world that while we were still sinners, right? God sent his son to die for all of us and that is God's righteousness satisfied satisfied in sending his son to die upon that cross the righteous one stepping into history to take our place that Christ offers all that opportunity and responsibility to respond you know we can see that we clearly have a choice before us David continues in verses 18 through 21 in Psalm 145. And he writes this, closing out the psalm. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all that call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak of the speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. That's cool reading that in light of all that we've studied in Ruth, right? Your Ruth clung to the Lord as a Moabite, right? And the Lord used her to bring about the line of David. How amazing that is in that time of darkness in the book of Judges. Now the Lord told this, the Lord Jesus told the woman at the well this, the hour is coming and now is here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. You know, do we look out at creation and do we see that God has formed and framed it? Formed and framed the whole world. Do we see that the heavens declare the glory of God? Do we look at that penguin and praise Him? Right? Sorry, it was really cool. <laughs> Keep on bringing up the penguin. And with all the information that we have, do we recognize and receive him? For if we do, we will find him. The prophet of the Lord, Jeremiah, states this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with, your, with all your heart. 
This life is right now. This opportunity is right now. Humanity can see the glory of God. They can hear the good news, and therefore they are responsible to it. I love this in Isaiah. If you want to turn in your Bibles with me to Isaiah 55, uh, 6 through 9. It's just really, really fun studying Scripture and seeing the heart of God towards us. But Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, right? We always quote that, this coming part, but I, I loved seeing it in its context. But God says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, Sir, are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts? You know, through all of creation, through the calling of Abraham, to the birthing of the nation of Israel, to Christ, to the church, God is calling all the nations, calling them, all people, every soul, to turn to Him, to call to Him. And I love how this you know, David states it, and if we call upon him, he'll hear us. How amazing is that? For we know it from this psalm and from other scriptures that he is near. This call to God is to the God of the Bible. Not any other one, right? It's, it's truth. You call to him in, in truth. To the God of Israel, to the Holy One who is revealed in truth by Christ Jesus this is all based on truth, for he alone is the true one. Go ahead and turn your Bibles with me uh, to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Oh, right on the money. Cool. <laughs> There's only one way to approach the throne of grace and mercy. No other way leads to this. But Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, the author states this. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And we who hear the gospel and receive Christ Jesus hold to this good confession. That we know more than ever that we have a God who sympathizes with us, with our weaknesses, and He pulls us out of the pit and sets us upon a rock. 
and we can call out to him to find grace and mercy in our time of need. If we cling to the true one, then we will have our desires fulfilled as we fear him. You'll notice right away, it's, it's not some health and wealth prosperity. Prosperity? I keep on making up words today. <laughs> it's not some health and wealth verse. Because it's not about us. It's about fearing Him. It's about Him. It's about, it's about how we view God. David states it like this in Psalm 37, verse 4. He says, Delight yourselves in the Lord, yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. It's not about getting our own way. It's not about getting rich, staying warm and fed. No, it's about fearing the God above anything or anyone else. Right? We're not going into the folly of what Saul did or even the folly that David did, but he came back. No, if we delight in him above at all, he will give us the desires of our heart because we'll, we'll, we'll be about his desires. Do you ever hear that? You know, prayer is about, you know, making us seek his will, not our own. It's being in line with the heavenly will and God's will would be done in our lives. <clears throat> that as we lean upon his understanding, as we fear evil, that he will lead us in the paths of his righteousness sake, not our own Oh, we get it. We get everything. Woo! Money, money. <laughs> or a fancy car or something. That's no, about His righteousness sake. Those that are leaning upon the Lord God, those that are seeking Him and are being about His will and doing it His way, that's a really good study. Right? The people of Israel in the time of Haggai, I just finished that with the Dallas Theological Seminary, and they had paneled their own homes and done their own thing, but they had left the temple undone. For 14 years it sat there, and then Haggai came and was like, what are you doing? Do it this way, and you'll be blessed. Right? It's amazing. It's, it's a really good study. That we would do it His way. And if we are about that, we're heard. We're, we're with Him on mission. Jesus states it like this, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what the Master is doing. Right? They're just kind of, here, you know, clean the dishes, do this. And he's about His business. But Jesus brings the disciples in and says this, But I call I have called you my you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you right the church is the bride of Christ the body of Christ to be on mission with him you in Christ we have been brought close by the blood of Christ and now we are commissioned to tell others about the Lord to be his witnesses throughout the world David ends with this. The Lord preserves all who love him, but the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praises of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. You know, if we are justified by the blood of Christ, 
and if we rest in His finished work, we know that nothing, not even ourselves, can take us out of the hand of God. And therefore, in Christ, we are preserved. Paul tells the Philippian church this, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. We receive Christ. We place our faith in Him and then comes regeneration and sealing of the Holy Spirit. And therefore we have this guarantee, right? A guarantee of this inheritance in Christ Jesus. Eternal life starts today and goes on forever. We know that God is faithful even those to those that struggle. And we are safe in Christ. But those outside of Christ... The wicked who heard and saw and yet suppressed the truth, suppressed the God of truth, bring judgment upon themselves. Paul states it in 2 Thessalonians. With all wicked deception for those who are perishing, he's talking about the end of days there in the, in the context, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. They looked at the truth and thought it folly. So they refused its offer. It's like telling Grandma, I don't want that present, right? It doesn't look cool. It doesn't sound like Legos. Never mind. <laughs> they received, refused it. But to us, being saved, the cross is nothing but victory. We stand in awe of a God who allows man choice and yet is in total control and sovereign. We stand in awe of a Lord God who sets before us life and death. And being in the, made in the image of God, we have an opportunity and the responsibility to receive the truth and to praise him or to reject it and refuse life the opportunity is open the options are open like David we can extol the Lord right that was the word we got to learn the first day in Psalm 145 will we extol the Lord will we personally praise my God and my King or will we face good justice? The amazing truth of Psalm 145 is this. God is good in all of His ways. He has brought rain, sun, and grace upon humanity. Our choice is what we do with the good gifts and the time that He has given us. Do we use them as tools of righteousness or unrighteousness? And turn in your Bibles with me one more time this Romans, Romans 6. But Paul really brings this to bear in Romans 6, 12 through 14. He states this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Yeah, where's my crossroads, guys? Right? <laughs> Let not sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present 
your members as sin to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been bought, brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. And this is the word of the Lord. Well, let's close in a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you so much for your amazing grace found in Christ alone. That we merely trust upon you, rest upon the finished work of Christ and we are safe and secure in your hands because we have taken refuge in the Lord Almighty. And we know and we can sing, just like David sings, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord. We will see those that have passed and that have been in you, and that all of us in you will celebrate when the marriage supper of the Lamb and the end and the day of the Lord that as you come, that your kingdom will reign forever and ever and that we will praise you for you are a good and just God. And we thank you so much for today. Thank you for this time that we can fellowship, that we can pray together, that we can be encouraged and equipped by your scripture, by your word. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.